0: Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Here we are in a sermon series called Rebuild, which is our theme for this year here for our church. And today we're going to be talking about that, rebuilding our church. And when I use the word our church, it's not just Broadway Baptist Church, the church is Yes, it's local, but it's also the entire worldwide church of Jesus Christ. We aren't the only ones worshiping this morning. There are millions, billions of people all around the world worshiping the Lord, including those online right now. They're not able to come out. So, um, and hopefully soon they will be able to. It's very encouraging to see you. Great crowd here this morning. For those that are online as well as here in the sanctuary, go ahead and pull out your bulletin here because you'll want to follow along. Towards the end, we're going to talk about why we, why you want to attend Broadway Baptist Church in 2021. So you'll be able to follow along with that. And for our online folks, you're in a situation where you want to make the best of online church or online worship and you gather around in your family, you open up your Bible and you say, I'm going to put away the distractions and I'm going to focus on the Lord. That's the best way to experience internet church because I believe one of the challenges anytime we try to step into the presence of God is this the spirit of distraction will certainly get you. And that's one of the ways you'll be tempted from the devil of instead of focusing on the Lord, you find yourself thinking and doing other things. And that can easily happen right here in the sanctuary as well. We live in one of the most unique times. And you really, in gosh, generations. I was looking at uh, the pan- history, I guess, of pandemics. And the last major pandemic here in the United States was it was in 1918 and 1919. It was called the Spanish flu pandemic. I knew nothing about this until about ten months ago, and then we all started hearing about it, the Spanish flu pandemic. Six hundred and seventy-five thousand Americans passed away, and it really had an impact on younger Americans. Well, this past week, four hundred thousand Americans have passed away from COVID, the COVID pandemic that we're still in uh, today. But you think about a pandemic, a -a once-in-a-century occurrence that we're living through and going through right now, and when you come out of that pandemic, you know, there's going to be some changes you know, some of us, I was talking to somebody just the uh, other day that he was afraid, as well as, who knows, I might be too, we might be wearing these masks for the rest of our life. Like, they're not, they don't seem to be going away whatsoever. So, it's, that's obviously a major change. Not only that, something else that changed for churches in our life this past year, uh, we had, you know, we were very respectful and honored our governor's request. They're out of Frankfurt. And there were 16 Sundays in 2020. He asked churches to meet online, virtually. And we as a church, we honored all 16 of those. Never in my life had I heard of the government requesting, or any uh, uh, you know government uh, agency requesting churches not to meet. So that's something new that's happened. Um, all of a sudden... 16 weeks out, 16 Sundays out of the year we had a closed services for online worship only with that not only that you know we live in a time right now that uh, this is really new uh, most of us are what we are on social media we right now are on Facebook live and really this month something happened and uh, our president was basically kicked off social media. Now, some folks say, well, you know, that, that could be a good thing, might be a bad thing. That's, that's up to you. That's not why we're here at church. But listen, if it could happen to our former president, President Trump, one day, Broadway Baptist Church could get kicked off Facebook. One day, Bible-believing Christians could be censored for all sorts of various re- censor, religious censorship It could be right around the corner for us, where all of a sudden, where churches had a great maybe presence online, no more. And we don't know what the future holds, but that could be a reality for churches. You can't just assume, just because we have online worship today, doesn't mean down the road a year or two that you will have that option. So you look at where we are just this past year as it changes. What does the future hold for the church? And again, that's not just our church. But I want to tell you, even though I talk about the government, our greatest challenge likely isn't the government. The greatest challenge for churches is actually you and I. It's an apathetic spirit of apathy where folks have just gotten lazy serving the Lord. Attending church, I've been saying over and over again, it's a habit. God told us on the seventh day he rested on the Sabbath and he made it holy. That is the fourth commandment. Number four, God expects us. We work six days and on the seventh day is the creation order for you and I to spend one day Back in, by, back in Old Testament times, that day was on Saturday. It shifted to Sunday because Jesus was resurrected on a Sunday. First day of the week. We as believers come on Sunday and have our Sabbath. It's our day of rest. It's a day of worship. It's a day that you don't do with me the things you could have done throughout the week and say today... I am going to focus and worship the Lord. And that's your day that you make sure every week you're coming to church on Sunday. Now, that being said, here in the book of Hebrews, go ahead and turn there. God, God expects, expects you and, you and I. I if he, if he makes, makes a, Sabbath, a Sabbath, if he if gives, he gives us, us a command, command if, he, if he instructs, instructs us, us to, to do something, he wants you and I to do that. If God created and established the church, and do you know when the church was established? It was established with Jesus. It was in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. You don't need to turn there. I'm going to tell you what happened. He looked at Peter and said, Peter, and on this rock, the word word Peter means rock, and on this rock, meaning you, Peter was the leader of the church. I will build my church. Now he wasn't talking about he's going to build the church literally on Peter. He's talking about beginning with you as the leader. And these 12 disciples, you are going to start a movement that will continue on for many centuries until even eternity. Jesus established the church. And this is why we as Bible-believing Christians, we recognize Attending church is something we are required to do. It's not optional. Remember, what is Jesus what is what did the Lord establish? You know, there's basically three institutions. There is three institutions. He established the family. We talked about that last week. Your family should be a family that worships and serves the Lord at home. You should have a God-centered house. Your house should be different from a lost or unchurched person. He also established the church. A group of folks that come together, like this morning, and then even those online, and they come together and they worship the Lord. And then next week we're going to talk about this. He also established government. Government actually comes from God. The governments should be one That should be seeking and searching the Lord. And that's what we'll be looking at next week. Those three institutions, very important institutions, were all established by our Lord. So here we are in the book of Hebrews. I want you to follow along. Hebrews chapter 10, we're in verse 19. God's word says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, do you know what we're in right here? Do y'all know what this room is called? Is this a multi-purpose facility? Is this an auditorium for plays, like at the high school gym? This is what we call a sanctuary. That's what this is, this room. This is a sanctuary. A sanctuary comes from the Old Testament. It started with the tent of meeting, when God would appear to Moses and the Israelites, and he would speak to them. So listen, if you wanted to hear from God, you didn't hear from God at the baseball field. You didn't hear from God out plowing with the mules in the, in the field out there. The people in the Old Testament came to the tent of meeting. And Moses would go there, the people would go there, and God would meet them there. And God would speak to the folks in the tent of meeting that was called a sanctuary that then became called a tabernacle, which we now call a church. This here is a place that you and I come to and we meet with the Lord. That's what we're doing right now. We are meeting with God. So when it says here in verse 19, since we have to enter the sanctuary there's a boldness every time you walk into this place you should have the expectation I'm coming into this sacred holy facility to meet the Lord it's a place of prayer it's a place of reading it's a place of singing songs we have an audience of one you're not trying to please the person you're sitting next to you are here to please God God That's why you're here. What we do isn't for anyone else, but for the Lord. And he told us to do this once a week. You should come to this sanctuary. It should be filled with God's people who worship him. Coming to the sanctuary is an act of obedience. We're obeying the Lord. Verse 20. He has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, that's where we're at now, the high house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, with full assurance of of faith. We come here confidently because we know the Lord's with us. We don't come here timid, wondering, I I wonder if God's here. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, in our bodies washed in pure water, God's Son, Jesus, He washed us, He forgave us. We come in here in the presence of Jesus because of what he did on the cross. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope. The confession is found in our Bible. Without wavering, since he who promised is faithful, we don't come here wishy-washy. We have an unwavering commitment to the Lord here. And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works. Notice the sense of immunity right there. He's talking about worship. We should come in considerization. You come and hold each other accountable. You're encouraging people. This is why we have so many different ministries here at Broadway. Because you're pushing people to do the right thing. Now look at this verse here. Verse 25. This is important. This is in the good old days of your old country Baptist church. You hear, you hear sermons on a backslidden Christian. You're a backslider. Well, this is the backslider Bible verse right here. Verse 25, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing. 2,000 years ago, there were people in Bible times, they had neglected To gather together. When we come here, we are gathering together. And God tells us, do not neglect doing that. If God commands us to go to church, he expects us to obey his commands. Church should not be a place you come and gripe and complain. If you're not happy at one church, there's hundreds of other churches here in our city. There's other opportunities. You go to church To worship the Lord. You go to church in obedience to God. You go to church with an audience of one. Stepping into his sanctuary. And it says here, You should not fall out of this habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. That day he's he's talking about second coming. He says one day, Jesus is going to come back. And could you imagine Jesus coming back and you haven't been to church in months or years? What kind of flimsy excuse would you offer the Lord? I didn't like the pastor. I didn't like what they were doing. I didn't like this. Will you stand before a holy God and start making excuses? No. No. He expects us on Sundays to make Him a priority. That's our day of worship. It's our Sabbath. It's our day that's holy. Holy means set apart. That's the fourth commandment. Some of us, listen, we are so good at being faithful to our spouse, so good at not stealing, not lying, so good at not breaking, some, and maybe honoring our father and mother. We don't break these other commandments. But for some of you, for that fourth commandment, You are struggling with making the Sabbath holy and set apart for the Lord. You come here and you say, Lord, this is your day. Now flip over here. Keep your finger here in Hebrews. Turn over back a couple pages to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians tells us our type of attitude when we come to church. The spirit we need to have. You know, anytime God commands us to do something, we're to do it. We are. We're absolutely to come and worship Him. And He commands us, we're going to see, to be filled with the Spirit. People who are filled with the Spirit of God. People who are saved. Folks who have God's Spirit inside of them. They want to come and worship the Lord. They wake up on Sunday and say, is the day of the Lord's name? They look forward to Sunday school. They look forward to looking for ways they can serve and use their spiritual gifts and give and certainly make this their church home. God has created us as Christians to have a home church that we hold each other accountable and receive encouragement from one another. That's why it's so important in church that you have a small group such as a Sunday school class, A group of people that are similar to you. That are going through life together. That you hold each other accountable. That you encourage each other. That maybe if they've fallen away. Do you know one of the things we're about to see here. Is Christ is going to tell us. That we need to pay attention. Look at this. Ephesians 5.15 Pay attention. Careful attention then to how you walk. How you walk, that includes how we spend our time. We should use our time wisely. And that includes your worship, that includes what you do on Sundays. Not as unwise people, but as wise. Verse 16, Ephesians 5, 16. Making the most of the time because the days are evil. We live in evil days. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You know where you find the Lord's will? You'll find it at church. You find it in God's word. God speaks to us through that. And look at this. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, But be filled with the Spirit. God is telling you and I that we're to be filled with His Spirit. And we do this when we come and meet with God's people. You should leave this place having experienced the presence of God. And he says, speaking, because all these next things we're about to sing... Or say here in Scripture, they occur in a church context. Look at this. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Where do we do that? You do it here. You do it in the sanctuary. You come into this place and we sing to the Lord. Singing and making music with your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father. We do this. We thank the Lord. Every week we come here. Thank you, Lord. For another week. Thank you for the honor of being able to come and worship you. Thank you that I can tithe. Thank you that I can give back. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for my family being able to come and worship you. And we do give thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. We submit to one another. Where do you submit to one another at? That means accountability. You do that in this context here. That means people should be held accountable. Christians should be held accountable by their fellow believers. If you're out of line, if you've said or done something wrong, your brother or sister in Christ comes along next to you and says, You know, that came across as harsh. You shouldn't. You should apologize. You shouldn't talk that way. That's a sin against the Lord. Listen, lost people aren't going to hold you accountable. You go out in the world, then there's no accountability in the world. Accountability, the submission, is among the brethren here. That's what it means to be filled with spirit. We are all on a journey. Your family's on a journey, growing and coming in a better and closer knowledge to Lord Jesus And what happens is when you reject or you refuse to attend church, when you do this, you are basically an unchurched Christian is spiritually divorced. Say, what do you mean spiritually divorced? We won't turn there, but if you flip over back in Ephesians 5, 25, if you skip down a little bit, you don't need to. Paul writes an analogy that the church is similar to a relationship between a husband and wife and the church as being the bride of of Christ. It's Christ's bride. It's a marriage. When you are a Christian, you are literally married to Jesus Christ. He's your bride. He's your groom. You have a union with him. So when you, as a Christian, saying, you know what, Jesus, I don't need to go to church. I don't like those people. You're telling the Lord, says, Lord, what you created for me, I don't want any part of. And you become this orphan Christian, just kind of out there doing your own thing, isolated from the body of Christ. God created the church, and if he calls the church his bride, in Ephesians 5.25, and we reject that bride, or we're critical of that bride, we are spiritually divorced. There's a lot of believers that are spiritually divorced. They're sitting on the sidelines. Churches need Christians. Something is wrong with the worldwide church When a lot of the folks, if a third of them, don't even want to meet together. And really, that's a sign of their spiritual condition. Two red flags should always go off. If you know somebody, and they're very critical of a church, and then they refuse to go somewhere, look, if someone doesn't like one local church, there's other options. But if they are critical of a church week after week, month after month, and they refuse to go anywhere else. What they're saying is, I am so high and holy. I'm going to sit at my house and be critical of God's church, but I refuse to go anywhere else and worship the Lord. Someone like that, you need to be very careful listening to them. Because they're out of God's will. Look, church can be a rough place. A lot of people get hurt. But that's still no excuse for you and I to sit on the sidelines and to mock what Jesus Christ called his bride. The reason why church can be rough is because we are sinful, fallen people. And we're a group that's come together to worship. This is why the church tells us to hold each other accountable. Because somebody gets online, your brother next to you says, Hey, you, you need to apologize. You probably shouldn't have said that. We have to make sure that the people that are speaking truth into our life, that we're listening to, actually hold a high regard to God's church. Because he instituted it. And it's his bride. and He loves it. I have up here on the screen six reasons why you need to attend Broadway Baptist Church in 2021. Here they are. We're going to conclude on this. This is why you need to make sure our church is a priority in your life. God created you to worship Him. We were created to worship. And I want to tell you, if you don't worship the Lord, you will find yourself, and you won't call it this, but you will be worshiping money, your time, activities, hobbies, sports, schooling, work. There's a million and one other things. Worship is what we set as a priority in our life. And Sundays is for the Lord. Sundays is our weekly day of worship. Attending Broadway Baptist Church is an act of worship. You worship in a sanctuary. That's what you're doing right now. This is a worship service. You've come here to worship the Lord. Number two, a church is not a building. Yes, we are meeting in a building, we, 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 we use the word church in many ways interchangeably. When we're driving this morning in the car, we say we're going to church. We really, what we mean is we're going to the building that we're going to meet to worship as a church. A church is a body of believers. We as people make up the church. Jesus says, where two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst of them. So a church can be extremely small. In many places, restricted places, that's absolutely the case. Where you meet together and you worship the Lord. That is a church. Number three, God expects you and I to regularly worship Him. Now, obviously, if church is closed because of the pandemic, and folks are sick, you just physically can't make it, you have the online option. At least right now we do. Might not down the road, but you have that availability to worship with the other brothers and sisters in the Lord on Facebook Live. Or say, I'm going to come and worship the Lord digitally. But if you're able to come, God expects us to be here on Sunday and worship Him every week. Number four, the Word of God. This book, what you have in your hand too, is central to worship. Worship of the Lord is centered around what Zach read, what David's saying. We are reading and seeing and preaching, not our opinion, not politics, not the news of the day, not sports. We come here because you want to hear a word from God. Lost people can get saved. They're not saved because he's a good public speaker or that's a really cool youth pastor and they're really hip and they've got the ni- nice lights and all the uh, good things and the great food. People are saved by the Word of God. The Bible says it pierces our souls when you tell someone scripture, that scripture changes their life. And when you come to church, you should expect someone to open up God's Word and read what the Lord has commanded us. In the book of Ezra, it says, "The people gather around, preach on this back end. In October, they gather around Ezra. You know, back then, the deacons were lined up on the side. He held the book up high, and they read. They're all everybody standing up for a long time. They're reading the Word of God. And people were crying because of the power of the Word of God. Best way for a lost person to get saved is to hear the Word of God. They fall under conviction by the Holy Spirit. And they give their lives to Christ. Folks are saved by the Word of God. Number five. That's why the Word of God is central to church. God expects you to raise your family in church. Church is not a senior adult uh, a senior center. A church is not playland. Church is for all ages. Next week we have baby dedication. We have a nursery right here. From the nursery. All the home, all the way to the point of death. The church is for you. There's ministry going on to all ages. It's a, it's a demographic. Many of you were raised in church. I was. I can remember every week going to church. It was never an option. Never missed. I was one of those perfect attendance guys. At church and in school. I don't say that to brag. It's just that's what the home I was raised in. I mean, you could just go there. It's better just go to sleep in the pew, but you're going to go. You're going to be there. There's no option. That's what it means to be raised in church. And God expects. He expects you to find your spouse in church. You get married at church. You get buried at church. Herman Chandler. His funeral was at 1 o'clock on Friday. Right here. He was faithful to this church. He loved this church. That is, that's the community life of a church. From the time you were born, all the way to you go home to be Jesus. This is central to your life. And that's why, when you come here, and you serve here, and you use your gifts that God has given you, it's to all ages of a church. It's a body of Christ. Number six, last thing here. Church is the cornerstone of a community. Our city, Lexington, might not realize this, but our city needs hundreds of Bible-believing churches. Neighborhoods need churches, because the church has a presence and a responsibility of changing our city for the better. Do you know how it changed Lexington, Kentucky? When folks get saved, they turn away from alcohol and they turn to the Lord. They start bringing their children that sit at home and play, watch trash on TV and on the computer, and they start coming to church. All of a sudden, their teenagers start coming to youth group. And they start seeing change in their life. When a community is impacted by the Word of God, that changes our community for the better. Lexington needs hundreds, if not thousands, of Bible-believing churches. Now, churches can get corrupt. You can go to a church, and they are not teaching this book. They've corrupted the Word of God. That's why you want to go into the presence of God With the preacher up there saying, Thus saith the Lord. We as Christians, we can't be scared of our government. There might come a day where we do have more restrictions on us. And churches are booted offline. And we we can't go on the internet anymore. But that's okay. The church has survived thousands of years without the internet. And Jesus says, The gates of Hades will not prevail against my church. This morning, I'm asking you to make a commitment. Number one, that Sunday is your day of worship. God commanded us to do that. We come into this sanctuary and we worship Him. And not only do we make that commitment, you commit yourself saying, Broadway Baptist Church, God has led me here. God has brought my family here. God is uh, teaching and growing me here. This is going to be my church home. So this is my church home. And listen, when you decide on a church as your church home, you don't just, just say, well, I'll just come and do a little bit. You give it your all. You get involved. You serve. You do any and everything you can to support your church. How do you rebuild a church? You start by making a commitment that you're going to honor the Sabbath, Sunday. Jesus resurrected today. And you're going to find a local church and say, This is my church. This is where, as for me and my family, we will worship the Lord. I'm going to invite David Dell to come forward. We're going to have her invitation. Our invitation this morning is an invitation for you to recommit yourself to God's church. Some of you have gotten out of the habit. But the great thing about our Lord is He picks up pieces wherever you're at. And from this day on, you can begin saying, Broadway's my church home. God, every Sunday, I'm going to be here. 52 Sundays of the year. This is where I need to be. It's where you need to be. If you need to make... Broadway Baptist Church, church home. We close every single service with what we call a public invitation. This is an opportunity. I'm standing out front. Brother Hurt stands right here. You walk forward and take my hand and say, Pastor, I want you to be my pastor. I want Broadway Baptist Church to be my church home. So let's do that today. Let's stand up and respond to what the Lord is speaking in our lives. Sing together thy word.